after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. WTs. After further review, it's some of that round ball rock. John Tesh, we're getting in the NBA segment here with David, the man of God Harris. David, go on with your bad self with your five bold predictions of the NBA 22 23 season, regular season. All right, season is already tipped off, and we imagine that the New York Knicks have already been eliminated from the playoffs, so congratulations on that. I'm, I'm just joking. Uh, so top five bowl predictions at the start of the season. Now, some of these are going to probably be a little bit skewed just from what's happened so far. Um, and that's the first one. Ben Simmons will play 20 games and attempt more than 10 three-pointers this season. Now, you think probably so? Saying, yeah, because just given the past couple seasons where we just don't know where Ben Simmons' head is, Mm-hmm. And kind of where he was on the court, off the court. I, I granted, I'd set the bar really low at twenty, but I mean, he sat out all of last year, so we were one. We had no idea what was happening between Philadelphia, then the trade to Brooklyn, and then we got to Brooklyn. Oh, he's going to be come back for this game. Then he's going to come back for this game. He might come back for the playoffs. So we're just going to send him out. Like no one knows what's in him, mm-hmm. and. With a 10 three-pointers just because he doesn't shoot the three-ball. Like, he doesn't shoot. So, 10 is probably too low, but, again, bold prediction. Okay. I don't know if that's a bold prediction, but keep going. All right. So, we'll go to two superstars who have had their fair share of injury history. I predict that both Zion Williamson and Anthony Davis will play more than 50 games this season. Mm-hmm. Who would that play 50 games in season? Zion and AD. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Zion, again, with his health, he's looked a little explosive in these first couple of, you know, games of the opening regular season. Mm-hmm. But as we know, with low, lower injuries, trying to get health and weight and that explosiveness, if something were to happen where low you know, not wishing this on anybody, but if there's a lower body injury that requires him to need rehab, he's got that injury history. And same with Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. If they get hurt, you know, a week turns into two weeks, turns into you know a little bit longer because time waits for no one. And especially Anthony Davis, who's older now, so it's going to take him longer for his body to recover. Mm-hmm. I think 50 games is, you know, that, that 50 games is enough to make an impact on a team, for sure. Because that's half, over half the season. Right. Staying in L.A., 
I think the Lakers miss the playoffs again, and this is the season that LeBron leaves. Is that really a bold prediction, though, David? I mean, that that looks like inevitable. I mean, unless they do some some trades before the trade deadline, this, this team is, man, it's bad. And, I mean, LeBron is doing good. But the, the type of game that LeBron plays is not really meshing with the guys that he has. Like you said, Anthony Davis is injury prone, um, but they don't have any shooters. So now people are just like, well, I mean, and LeBron's a fantastic player, but he he's just not at that level anymore where I think he can just do stuff by himself either. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a bold prediction. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers don't make the playoffs and he decides to leave or the Lakers get rid of him. They did sign him to an extension, though. The only reason I would say that's a bold prediction is because I know LeBron has too much pride in him to want to leave kind of a sinking ship. Like, he, like, granted, most of some of the dealings, kind of, he's had some part in it. So part of this team was him requesting players to come in and that makes sacrifice. You know that there's no draft picks for the foreseeable future. Right. So every like all the eggs are in this basket. I don't know if LeBron is is able to say to himself, Okay, I can't do this. And so I think in all the other situations, thinking about Miami, thinking about both times in Cleveland, he's left, but there's still been some kind of team to rebuild with. Like the Lakers have nothing. And so I think he leaves to go. I think, one, he goes back to the Eastern Conference. Because mm-hmm. I think that's just kind of a no-brainer. But two, I, I think he leaves and he takes someone with him. Now, whether that's AD, I don't know, because of trades and draft picks and all that stuff. But, like, I, I just don't see how... The Lakers, as presently constructed, mm. are even you know, are even able to make the play-in tournament thing. Just, yeah, like I said, they're they're pretty bad, and they're gonna have to really, they're gonna have to really, really somehow. Some people are saying the Buddy Hield or whatever situation, uh, get him as a player. They got to get some some shooters, and, and I think Russell being there, he's not happy. You can already tell. So. It, it, it's 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 an odd situation, um, but something needs to be done. If not, and they stay with this current roster, I can see them moving on. And it might be possible to move on from LeBron. I mean, he is getting older, and you know he's not the Akron Hammer anymore. Or you know, even he's not even. I don't even think. I mean, he's gotten better stat wise, but is it going to be to the point where he can still carry teams like he did? Like what was it? Eight eight championships in a row championship appearances in a row I don't know if he's at that level I think every once in a while he can just lift a team and start scoring but like I said he had 31 uh, the other night and he couldn't beat the Warriors now granted that's the Warriors but when it counts and when it matters it's going to be tough because he just doesn't have the pieces yeah I was looking at some NBA prediction and they were saying LeBron literally has to average a 30 point triple double just for the Lakers to be a playoff team and I'm like that's asking a lot for a young player. That, that's asking a lot for, like, granted, John Moran can do it. Jokic has done it the last two seasons. But, like, 
that's asking a lot for a player who's not LeBron's age and with the wear and tear in bodies. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see in LA just what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to trying to get a little bit more bold here. I think the Pistons have a ho- host a home playoff series. Mm-hmm. I think De- Detroit basketball kind of takes this leap. I think given how strong the East is at the top, and we've seen the past couple of years, you know, the likes of Miami have looked well. Toronto, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of your, and you're competing with your traditional, I guess, traditional big three now in the East with the Philadelphia, Boston, and Milwaukee. We don't know what Brooklyn's going to look like, but I like the young core of Detroit. If they can stay healthy, I don't see why Detroit can't be a top four team. If if everything falls their way, right. I I really like the Pistons team. Right, you're right. I, I do too. That they, they will be fun. I think they'll make the playoffs. I I do. I watched them the other night, and yeah, during they they picked up. Uh, a guy that's going to rebound, get down the floor, throw some alleys too. Um, Sadiq Bay uh, can get some buckets. I, you know, Isaiah Stewart hit a clutch three when Cade Cunningham drove to the basket and he kicked it out against the Magic. Uh, they have grit. They they play really good defense. I think the question is going to remain though: Is Dwayne Casey the coach to get them over the hump? Dwayne Casey might be the guy that's. And this happens. The mentor coach, when they're baby Pistons, but he could only take them so far. Eventually, they start getting to the playoffs. Eventually, you're going to have to get a coach that can kind of elevate their play a little bit more. A knock against Dwayne Casey. I think he's a pretty pretty good coach, decent coach. But, you know, there's those times where those situations where you get a guy, maybe a situation like Doug Collins and Phil Jackson. Doug Collins, yeah, you got the the Bulls to the Eastern Conference Finals, but Phil was able to get him to the championship and actually win the championship. Sometimes, you know, those those are the situations that you you deal with. But I, I I like what I'm seeing with their building in Detroit. Now, Rob Murphy did get suspended. Remember, that's a name familiar because he used to coach Eastern Michigan in the MAC. Um, so we we got to figure out, or they got to find out, is there any internal issues with the management with Detroit? But as long as everything's all sound and good. I see Detroit going on its way up. Yeah, yeah, and granted, this is all you know, with everyone staying healthy and expectation. But yeah, I've seen a lot of things in Detroit say, you know, don't, you know, don't let them get too high, lofty. You know, don't set the expectations too high. But they a lot of, and we've heard over the past couple of years on draft night. You know, I'm coming in to be competitive. I'm helped to rebuild. A winning culture in Detroit. We know the history with front office and management. Joe Dumars isn't going to walk around and you know pat guys on the back saying, "Hey, good job." It's like, "Hey, we got we got lost your dreams." But yeah, I, I think Detroit's going. To, Detroit basketball is going to be back and make some noise this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my final of my top five bulk predictions: Job Moran is going to finish second in the MVP voting behind Luka Doncic. What happened? So Luca is going to win MVP and John Morant's going to be second. No, John Morant's going to win the MVP. If, if you're picking Luca, I think John Morant. Now, he's getting off to a good start. I guess maybe if we did this bold prediction last week, 
but my man just had 49, David. And he, I think he, in his opening game, I believe he also had, let me go look this up, actually. I had 40 points against um, in their opener against the Knicks, against the Knicks uh, in Memphis. But he's been doing pretty well as far as opening games and stuff like that. So, and, yeah, like I've met these last week, but yeah, I just think John Moran is going to take that leap for sure. And like Luca is just destined to keep getting better and better. And so I think, I think those two are going to, that rivalry is going to be like the um, Dirk Nowitzki and like, ah, blank another name. Mm. The Dirk and Tim Duncan, where it's just, Two competitors in conference that see each other a lot that have they're probably going to match up one on one sometimes and just sparks will fly. Both mm-hmm. of them are great at the games. I just and it's not because I think Dallas is going to finish ahead of Memphis because I still think Memphis is a top four team and Dallas is probably hovering around that six to eight seed by the time we get to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But I think Luca's Luca's going to have one of those seasons where, like Jokic the past couple of years, where it's going to be hard for him to, hard for him not to win MVP, even if, and prime example for last year, even how Embiid had a great year, Jokic was still, you know, clearly the MVP. Even if, so I think even if John Moran has a great year, which I fully expect him to have, I still think Luca's. Luca's still going to have one of those years where it's like, I, I got to give it to him. And I think Jokic finishes third. I think Giannis fourth. And, you know, toss up who you want to have fifth. Right. John Moran had 34 points the other night, his first night in his date, in the season opening debut. Yeah. Like, John's going to score. Right. Like, we know that he's going to ball out. As long as he stays healthy, that intensity, that motor is going to be on 10,000 every night. It's going to be a fun season. I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't be surprised if John finishes one and Dockage finishes two, but I think those two are going to be the two best players in the NBA this year. Well, yeah. Yeah, I would. I would totally. I guess that's, I guess that's a no-brainer. Yeah, that that that's totally a totally no brainer. All right, what about Kevin Durant? Uh, Kevin Durant will finish third team All NBA. Huh? Bold prediction. Uh, yeah, that, that is a very bold prediction. <laughs> I could see first or second. Uh, credit. I mean, if he stays healthy, mm-hmm. I'm I'm picking Giannis ahead of. Well, it's also like, are we going to do two forwards in the center? Are we doing the three fourths thing like we've been doing? Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know how that's going to look, but like in the traditional two guards, two forwards, and a center, I can I can see him being behind Giannis. Mm-hmm. I can see him being behind Giannis and Jokic are probably going to be first team. Well, I'm talking about um, Kevin Durant and his comments. Oh, I his thought comments. we were yeah we we're kind of keeping it in the NBA segment. Right? Yeah. So yeah. So Kevin Durant recently. I had some thoughts about his former teammate, Russell Westbrook, and what was happening in Los Angeles. Um, Courtesy of CBS Sports, as I pull up the article, 
And he was basically just sharing his thoughts and concerns about some of the continued criticism that Russell Westbrook was having. So on a podcast with uh, Kevin Durant was on, um, responding to Westbrook catching flack for multiple videos posted to social media, mm-hmm. which talked about, um, or which showed him kind of being on his own, own during pregame warm-ups and the rest of the team kind of huddled together. Um, Russell, Westbrook, um, Kevin Durant basically came to Russell's defense saying, you know, this is what Russell's always done in terms of his pregame routine, getting his mind right. And one thing that stood out from his comments is that kind of playing in L.A. next to the biggest figure in LeBron James, everything is going to be magnified, especially at the outside perception that your team is going to struggle. People don't trust that your team is going to be good. And for the Lakers, they have the microscope on them. So everything, like you have to be on point all the time. So if Russ misses, this is quoting Kevin Durant, if Russ misses a layup, it's going to be blown out of proportion. If he misses a three, he might be five for seven, but he missed those two shots. You know what I'm saying? I understand that there's certain points where you don't play well and you're open to criticism when you don't play well. We get that. But it's like now you're making him the butt of your jokes. It's getting to a point where it's like, I get the criticism for what he did that night, but now it's starting to reach a different level with some bleep that I don't understand. So it's kind of the dialogue around the game, his greater point, is just so toxic that it it turns from criticism into something else. And I I completely agree with that. I think that we've, we've seen it and we, you know, we hear the radio shows, we see the commentary, Social media is just a toxic wasteland in general where the expect where if you are a professional athlete, you have to be you cannot have a bad game. You cannot have a bad possession, you cannot have a bad sequence, you cannot miss like Kevin Durant said, you basically cannot miss a shot every time you step onto the floor. Because it's gonna go from you know, criticism, which is rightfully fair to what's on the court. And we know social media will take it to the nth degree and bring up, you know, you're trash, you're horrible, you're, you know, all these profanities, you know, you need to leave, you know, we'll run you out of town. Like, we know the, the slippery slope that social media can be on. And as not just professional athletes, but the, the top tier of the NBA, which is the top point point zero zero one percent like, everything is magnified. Everything is intensified. So I, I understand where Kevin Durant's coming from, especially knowing that he has, he's been scrutinized in the spotlight a lot. So, yes, criticism is warranted. It's, it's to be expected with any any profession, not just sports, not just professional sports, any workplace environment. But I think when it crosses the line into being toxic, which is what most of some of the negativity tends to lean towards, it's like, all right, what are we doing here? Like, how how is this being... How, how is this intended to be are you trying to be intentionally negative and you know trash toxic are you trying to get under people's skin Um, like like what is the point of 
your toxicity. Right. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I think sometimes you just got to ignore comments once in a while. That's just my thoughts. But, like, like in some of the comments, like, you can, like, some of them are warranted, but then it's also, like, even with kind of Russell Westbrook last year and kind of thinking of his teammates, mm-hmm. like, if you know that that's how Russ is pregame, if that's how his teammates know, that's how Lakers, the Lakers teammates know, that's how he gets his mind right. But then even last year, so like the commentary of, you know, you know, Westbrook can't, you know, there's a reason why he's being left open as a three point shooter. It's because he's trash, blah, blah, blah. Like that, that can be both criticism and that's warranted. But when it turns into kind of the vulgar commentary that he's receiving to the point where he doesn't want to bring his kids into the arena or his partner into the arena, like that's toxic. And like there's, like you try, like you try to avoid that as much as you can, as a professional athlete or even just as any athlete. But if it starts to get under your skin and it starts to affect your workplace environment, then we see issues to where players are turning and having commentary with the fans. Mm-hmm. I remember Kyrie Irving, you know, giving the bird to a fan who was talking trash, like. Like you're you're paying a ticket to go see this game, and you're talking trash to the point where a professional athlete has to turn around and not just talk back, but give you the bird. Like what? What? Like what is the? What is that level? Like how do people get to that level with their toxicity to so where they think that this is not just fair to do, but they deserve that they have the right to do it, or it's fair to criticize in this way and regard, like. That's why I think Kevin Durant is getting gapped. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's a certain line, and like there's a certain line that comes with criticism, and then there's a certain line with just human decency. And I think social media is a place where there is no human decency. You're going to see the worst of the worst of the worst, right. and we know this. No, so, yeah, I, I think it's. I mean, it gets to the point though. What's the difference between? now and back in years past where it was a lot of stuff going on and they just told you know people just to ignore it well i was trying to think like in every i think every person has a level of kind of how much can you withstand or how much can you kind of tolerate before it gets too much like mm-hmm. like i can understand and get you know russell westbrook being like Hey, I want my kids around this, you know, all this vulgarity. Right. Because, like, you can you can take being called, you know, a B-A-N, you can fill in the blanks, mm-hmm. like, personally, but if your kids are being called that or your, your your partner is being called that, like, that's another level. Like, now it's like, okay, you can take, you. I can take that. Right. But, like, family members, you know, like, other, yeah, like, there's certain lines I feel like fans cross just to get under skin to quote unquote help their team. But yeah, I, I just think it's a situation that now because of how social media is just so ingrained within our culture, that social media is just unavoidable. Like you, oh, like yeah. it, you, it affects you the youth. Turn. 
They've actually yeah. youth, and then it's a lot of you fighting in in the schools and everything because now social media is right in your face and the comparison yeah. games are the thief of joy, and and that's what's going on here. But as an adult, you gotta, I guess, you gotta have to have thick skin. And I mean, they tell you that in the, the television business, you know, it, it, back in the day before social media, a lot of times, a lot of anchors and stuff would get emails that were just vicious. And it's just people hating on themselves and I, I or they don't like themselves. So they want to hate on you. And I think sometimes you just have to think about that. You know, there's just jealousy and envy out there. And, and then there's just people that just want to be heard. I always think that, you know, as I tell you on this show, Twitter is just the the the, the vomit of social media. People just get on there. They hide behind, you know, images and just say stuff that they know you wouldn't say to people in in, in their face or in public. But. You know, you can hide behind a computer screen and do do that. But I think social media has become what I, what I kind of was afraid was going to happen with it, that it was for good and it was had good intentions. And if you use it properly, it could be really good for intentions as far as making money or trying to gain support for an organization that you su- support or, you know, you found it. But when it gets in the wrong hands and get very toxic and, and really destroy somebody. And that, that that's what's crazy. Yeah, and, and I think kind of in this one question I'll ask you, just kind of from a coaching perspective, like knowing that it, you see it in professional athletes, but we also see it it's definitely awful in college mm-hmm. with college kids and stuff. But then even now high school AAU, like how do you navigate this for high school kids that are trying to be, you know, trying to expand their growth so that they can go to the next level, play college, play pro ball, but know that there are grown adults that are saying these things to these kids. They're like, oh, you're... I don't like, like I said, social media, I I feel bad because, like I said, it's the comparison is the thief of joy. And it goes down to this whole recruiting thing where people post their offers. People do things. I think now things are done for social media clout. I think nowadays... I think some kids that in years past wouldn't, and this goes for all sports, wouldn't have played a sport if there was no social media around. They want the social media clout. It's a little more on the boy side, but it's a little bit on the girl side. But the worst is like when you have players that I can't believe so-and-so got an offer and I played so-and-so at such and such event and I really killed. And it's just like you, you can't do that. I always tell my players, go to a place that fits. Go to a place where it's comfortable at. Don't worry about how many offers you're getting or you're trying to compare yourself to certain players. If you kill them at the tournament, you kill them at the tournament. But there's certain things that certain coaches look for. Um, it's it's becoming a mean version of a popularity game. I'm starting to watch that where now unfortunately in certain areas you, you want to be with this certain organization you want to do this and then whoever pushes it the 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 drive on social media that's where the people are going you know as we've said this several times on this show people look more for swag than substance and then that's when people get the okie doke and i think social media is really the, the main reason why there's a lot of transfers I believe that I I think it gets to the point where people get caught up in the hype. Someone hypes this person up. They put a video out there, whether it's football, basketball, whatever. And people say, okay, cool. They make these offers. Coaches see, oh, so-and-so's offering and we got to offer them. 
and there's some people that really deserve them. And then there's some people you're like, this kid doesn't deserve really an offer. You don't say that, but it's most of the time that's what happens. Popularity contest or maybe you get like Bronny James where you get popular so much and then people just tear you down for everything. I remember they're just like, he's not like his dad. He's n-. Stop comparing him to his dad. His dad is like a basketball prodigy. Bronny James is coming along in the process that he should be coming along. And he's, his basketball game is just getting better and better. And sometimes the whole truth is not told by social media. You got to remember Bronny James played up. He didn't play down. He didn't go down because I've seen it on social media where kids go down a grade and want to dominate. And then they want to get all these offers and they want to get all this celebrity and notoriety and this praise, which leads to some kids downfalls. Bronny went and played up. So it was going to be tougher for him playing against kids that were older than him. And he got a lot of backlash as people thought that he was sorry and he was never going to do this. He's never going to do that. And now you see. As he's getting older and mature, his game is coming together. Now you're seeing people say, oh, I told you he was going to be great. No, you didn't because you probably got receipts where you were dogging the guy on a ball is life video clip. So like in life, everything, there's good that comes with bad. Um, but, you know, social media is here to stay. So there's not much we can do about it. But I've seen the good and I've seen the bad. And sometimes I feel bad for these kids. Yeah, and part of, yeah, part of that toxicity, I think Bronny Jams is a prime example where kind of he has his routine, he has his thing similar to Ross, but like he has to be perfect because everyone knows, you know, oh, you're the son of LeBron James, you're the namesake, you're supposed to be just like this, you have to be on, you have to have the same kind of level of intensity, and it's like, no, like that's not his game. Right. And I think kind of that that toxicity, again, particularly coming from adults and people that grew up like, oh, you're nothing like your dad, blah, 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 you shouldn't have played up, you're you're no better than so-and-so's kid or this recruit, you know. And particularly kind of now that there's the recruiting angle, it's like, I and like there are articles saying, oh, this is why LeBron James, you know, this is why Bronny hasn't gotten a scholarship anywhere, this is why none of the big schools want to bring in LeBron. It's like, there's a whole... 10,000 reasons why schools offer kids some, you know, one scholarship and others don't like. Yeah, you're, but, you're right. But but people don't realize that people people think what they want to think, which is which is OK, cool, whatever. But you're right. There's all different type of reasons, depending on the makeup of the roster, depending on who else you're trying to recruit. Yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of uh, different things going on. So it'll it'll be interesting to see anything else. Yeah, it's just kind of, word, yeah, word of advice to any athlete. Like, don't, like, so use social media sparingly and wisely. Like, and, like, let other people kind of, let your game do the talking at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, because that, that's what will last. Yeah, that is true. Yes, that's true. Well, David, we'll take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll get into the NFL Pick'em. Hmm. Wow, we we've really really got got moving. Kevin Durant comments, got the five bowl predictions, got your winners and losers in. And coming up next, the NFL pick'em. I'll let you know. Um hmm, grandmother put pluses. the week six NFL pick'em results as we get into week 
7. And make sure you always check us out on 88.3 WHUT. Live Saturdays, usually 11 to 1 or 12 to 2, depending on uh, when we get in here. Because basketball season has started for me. For the for the girls, high school girls have started. And Frank sometimes will be in here as well if he doesn't have any refing duties. Uh, and David and Man God Harris are always being here on the phone lines calling from New York. But when we come back, we got the NFL pick We'll be back after this.